Hello and welcome to this episode of I Don't Know Jack About Parenting, where I'm going to be talking about the show, Super Nanny. So the big question is this, how are parents like us, who don't have a manual, who are doing the best we can, who feel as though we aren't enough, how are we going to raise healthy, happy children who we are proud of and still keep our sanity in that process? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ryan Roy, and welcome to I Don't Know Jack About Parenting, a podcast for parents who are being real with themselves. Hello, and welcome back to this episode of I Don't Know Jack About Parenting, where today I'm going to be talking about the show Super Nanny. First, I want to tell you, I thought the show was fantastic. I've never seen it before. I'm not much of a TV person. Uh, just this morning, I got up and uh, the television's on. My wife had got up, had some coffee, probably was flipping through the channels. It got stuck on this show called Super Nanny because I can't imagine that's what the uh, the baby was watching. And uh, I, I was actually, I got drawn in right away. And what the show's premise is about is these families who are having... Uh, behavioral problems with their children and then the nanny comes in to observe and then give some coaching around what they can do to improve the situation see what I want you to think about here or, or what like these reality shows although some of it staged some of it this some of it that the reality is I'm watching this show and and my seven-year-old comes down and he starts watching it too the reality is we need to do the work as parents. Look, I don't know jack about parenting, right? And that's why I go in and I read. And that's why I go in and I, I, I listen to Audible books. And that's why I go into chat forums and see what other dads or other parents are dealing with. At the end of the day, I'm trying to educate myself because admittedly so, I don't know jack. Not to mention there's not a turnkey or a cookie cutter scenario we're parents and our kids are different from everybody else not only that our experiences growing up are different than everybody else's even if we're in the same household with another sibling their experience and how they receive certain things is different than how we did because overall though they had the same parents or we had the same parents guess what we are individuals that receive information differently so I'm watching this show and there is a four-year-old little boy and he um, is, I don't think he's the youngest I want to say there was like a three-year-old uh, there was probably like a, a nine or a ten year old and then uh, early teen 13 maybe 14 year old and then you have the two parents the mom who's stay-at-home mom, the dad who is a working dad, comes home often. Her To her complaint is he always has something else to do. He never helps her with the kids, but yet he's very critical of her parenting style, saying that there's no discipline, there's no control in the house. When he tried to discipline at some point these children, um, he used it physically. Uh, he admits it on the show that, uh, you know, he spanked the kids and she just doesn't like it. She doesn't believe that that's the way you're supposed to discipline kids and pretty much threaten him if you ever hit my kids again that you're getting the door 
So he feels as though he has no control because that's his way. Probably he was hit. He is a man. Um, and that's what dads have been portrayed to have to do in society. And if you don't know any better, you just picture that portrayal of, hey, I got spanked as a kid. I'm going to spank my kids. It's not that big a deal. I turned out just fine. They'll turn out just fine. And I hate to say it, but that is what happens in society. So Super Nanny observes these kids, and, and I'm watching, and my son is watching, and he's like, Dad, how can that... He, the kid throws tantrums. Anytime Mom gives attention to the little one, he throws a tantrum. And she says right there, she describes it, he wants the same exact attention she's giving. So he'll put the little one down, who needs or wants the attention, just to get the other one to stop crying. Or he'll say, come here. And as she holds both of them, let's say she's sitting down on the couch, he really nudges his little sister off. Not only that, if anybody wants to go outside and he's got something else to do, he doesn't care. He wants to go outside. He ran out the door multiple times in this episode as they were probably trying to prove a point is this is his behavior. And all she does is go around and tell him and bark orders at him of what to do. And again, my son's watching this. I said, look, we don't have to watch this. Daddy will change the channel. He says, no, I want to watch. And I was like, don't even think about doing what that little boy is doing. You'll suffer consequences. <laughs> he goes, I would never do that stuff. So we start actually discussing it. I start discussing this episode with my son and watching the behavior of the parents. I'm coaching my son on the behavior of the parents. And I say to him, I said, listen, you know why the kids are doing that? Because they're allowing it. I said, if you did that, what would I do? He's like, I'd be in trouble. I said, but like, what kind of trouble would you be in? Well, you know, you'd probably take away my video games. Possibly. What other trouble could you be in? Um, I wouldn't get to do the things I want to do. What other trouble would you be in? Well, when I was little, you used to put me in timeout. Well, yeah, how many times did you do timeout? Maybe four, Dad. I said, yeah, four times. Because you knew dad was serious. You knew dad was going to put you in timeout. I told you I'd put you in timeout. I put you in timeout. He's like, yep. So it's like commercial as we're having this dialogue. So the nanny comes in. Believe it or not, she says, Mom, Dad, I've observed your family for an entire day. The two of you are not on the same page. The two of you do not communicate. The two of you argue with each other, and therefore the kids see that as normal behavior. They argue with each other. Um, and at the end of the day, you make a lot of threats throughout the day, and you don't follow through on any of the consequences. And the mom's reaction is, well, I just hope that they will you know, just listen. And she says, you're not doing them any favors by not suffering any consequences for these actions. She didn't use those terms, but that's basically what she said. She goes, they need to be put in time out. And there was like a six-step process, and I wish I would have jotted it down this morning. But it was, number one, warn your kid. I could probably pull off the top of my head. Warn your kid that, hey, if you continue this behavior, and she had like a naughty chair, she put. She goes, you're going to be putting time out in the chair. And you'll get one warning. I'm only going to tell you once. Stop the behavior. Warning number two, bring them to the chair. So... The dad tend to be still physical, although he didn't hit the kids. He tend to grab them underneath the arm. It was interesting because the nanny, I'll call her a parenting coach, 
uh, came up to him. She says, you know, the way you're handling the kids that she doesn't agree with isn't about, you know, you picking them up. He goes, she goes, it's this. And she grabs him underneath the arm and starts tugging on his arm. He goes, do you, she goes, do you like that? And he, he, the look on his face was like, no, I hate that. Well, your kids feel that same way. So grab them by the hand and lead them to where they need to go so they don't feel forced. You're, you're grabbing them by the hand. So two was lead them to the chair. Once they're in the chair, you tell them what they did wrong. So mommy or daddy put you in this chair because we asked you to stop banging the fork on your plate at the table. And because you didn't do so, you have to sit and time out. So explain to them what they're doing. Number four, you stick to your guns. So whatever the time was, one minute, five minutes, how much ever time, if they get up, the timer restarts. And this may happen 10 times. In this case, it happened because this kid is so out of whack that he just thought he could run the house. So they had to keep putting it back. Timer restarts. And he finally, after like five or six attempts, got through it. Um, number five, and, and this is kind of like five and six. I don't remember. I, I might be missing a step, but this is essentially what it is. Is you tell the kid, oh, you tell the kid you still love them. So you got to say, I love you. Time is up. This is over. I love you. And you ask for a hug and a kiss. So they get reaffirmed that you still love them through your words and then through the touch of the hug and the kiss, which is, you know, obviously something they do in their family. If it's just a hug in your family, if it's just a kiss, it all depends on your thing. But you need that physical affection from your kids. And that's the six step process with the middle part, right? Number four, sticking to your guns of the time limit and resetting. The parents were astounded at how well this worked. They couldn't believe, oh my gosh, he actually sat there for the five minutes after a little bit of stuff, but he sat there. He got the hug, he got the I love you. He got affirmation that mommy and daddy are doing this because they care for you and they want you to have some type of discipline. People, the kids' behavior did not change. The parents, listen, I'm talking to you. Whoever's listening to this right now, I'm talking to you. Your kid's behavior is a reflection of you and potentially your lack of parenting ability if you don't have control in your house. I read a book early on. It says either you're going to train the kids or the kids are going to train you. And in that household, the kids had trained their parents to put up with all this stuff. And then the parents start arguing with each other. And the mom puts blame on dad for not being around and she's doing it all on her own. The dad's saying, when I tried to do something, you didn't like the way I did it. The mom's saying, if you ever do that again, you're leaving the house. They were actually on the brink of divorce before this nanny came in. And it's all because a lack of discipline, a lack of structure in the household and rules that are being enforced. The mom, and I, and I sympathize with her because moms, if you're listening right now, and she said it, she says, that's the worst thing I ever, to go, ever had to go through was listen to him cry and not be able to comfort him. And then Nanny said, 
what kind of love are you teaching him that whenever he cries, he gets exactly what he wants? Because in the real world, and listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. In the real world, when you go and you don't perform at a job, and the boss says, well, you're not doing it, and you start crying, the boss is going to say, this is an emotional wreck, you're fired. I need you to be a performer. And in, in the world, it's performance-based a lot of times. And if you can't even hold your stuff together because mom or dad taught you that every time you cried, that you got your way, it just doesn't work in the real world. And we're dealing with a society right now of a bunch of kids who were coddled, who mom or dad just wanted to love on them every time something went wrong, and they never taught them consequences for actions. So I actually explained all of this to my son as he's watching this unfold. He's like, that house is a wreck. I would never want to live there. I said, that's okay, because I would never want to live there either. I would never want to have that lack of structure. These are good people. And if you're struggling with this right now, trust me, I'm not judging you. You're a good person. You're doing the best you can with the knowledge that you have. You're stressed. You don't know what to do. Your kids are walking all over you. I'm just going to let you know that building some structure and following through on some consequences for actions that are not desired will get you what you want, which is really a connection with your children so that you could build them to be amazing human beings. But when you're always on the defensive, when you're always running around correcting them, and when you're not correcting them, you're coddling them, that is not a recipe for parental success. That is not a recipe for your kids to have success. And the one thing I hear often from you know, this next generation is it's my parents' fault. Like they, They're putting blame, and at some level they're right. It's my parents' fault for protecting me too much. It's my parents' fault for not putting any rules. It's my parents' fault for not uh, implementing any consequences. I don't know any better. And anyone who's listened to any one of these podcasts of mine, look, I don't know jack about parenting, but I know this, and this is my goal, and you can make it your goal if you want. When I heard it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. What I want is for my adult children to have respect for me. And I think if I pour into them and I create boundaries and create consequences for actions and I follow through on them and they know that dad means business, that they have to follow rules in this household just like they follow rules outside this household, they'll be fine. It was actually funny just yesterday, my seven-year-old said something. I said, hey, there's rules everywhere. You just need to figure out what the rules are and play the game in that scenario. I said, are there rules at school? He said, yes. Are there rules here? He says, yes. He says, there's a lot more rules at school. I said, because you're a good kid, I don't need to create more rules. I said, what's the number one rule in our house? And maybe I'll do a podcast on this. Number one rule in our house is mom or dad should only have to say things once. So what's that mean? They have to listen. They have to act on what they listened about. Uh, they have to be respectful of our time and our space. I go, if you listen and you do what I ask you to do, and it's nothing crazy like, hey, put your dish in the sink. And if he's gazing off into nowhere and he's not listening, 
I'll ask the question, did you hear me? How many times should I have to say something? Only once then he gets up and he puts the dish in the sink. Like, like, oh, I wasn't listening. I want my kids to be aware of their surroundings. I want my kids to be respectful of other people. I want my kids to be able to listen to a direction or read a direction and follow through. And at seven and a half, almost eight years old now, I still have to say to him, say thank you. What do you say? What do you say when somebody sneezes? Bless you. When you sneeze and somebody says bless you, what do you say? Thank you. Doesn't change. I've been saying it since he was an infant. This parenting thing, like you don't tell them once and they get it. It's reinforced. Reinforced. Reinforced until one day you're out and someone sneezes and he says, bless you. Perfect stranger. And you go, maybe he finally got it. Or if he sneezes and a perfect stranger says, bless you, he goes, thank you. Or I remember he was probably a year and a half old, the first one. And we're somewhere and someone brought a water and he looked up at the waitress. It was the first time he had ever done it. He barely speaking. He says, thank you. And I looked at my wife. And I, looked at, I said, did you hear that? She says, hear what? I said, I got it on video. Watch this. Woman put the cup down of water he looked her up in the eye and said thank you and I was like wow I didn't know I was gonna have to continue to coach that or you know for the next six plus years because we're still on it but guess what it never stops if you want them to do things you must drill it into them until they get it and you can't say how many times have I have to say this just got to say, what do you do? What do you do? And eventually, they're going to start doing it on their own. But you, parents, you have to take the time. You can't expect them to know. They are blank slates, and you have the opportunity to paint a beautiful picture with your parenting. Or, it may just be a disaster. Here's the thing. The more you take time on that painting into the details, the more beautiful it will be. If you don't take the time and you just throw paint at it, somebody somewhere may think it's beautiful. Maybe even you because it's your creation. Just like any mom loves their kids unconditionally. But the question is, will anybody else think that painting is a beautiful picture if you're just throwing stuff at it. The attention is in the details. In any beautiful painting, any beautiful piece of art, and any beautiful person, when you look at them, you know their parents laid an amazing foundation and put energy into them. We'll see you in the next episode. Do you want to be the dad you wish you had? If so, go get my free book, Be the Dad You Wish You Had, at BeTheDadYouWishYouHad.com. Inside, you'll find my most effective 40 tips to quickly and easily transform yourself into the ideal dad. Go to BeTheDadYouWishYouHad.com now and get it while it's free.